0: What a blessing it's been already to be able to worship together, and I hope you've been encouraged uh, by our time. I want to welcome you this morning. Uh, What a great Sunday to be together, and you picked a good Sunday because we're starting a new series, a sermon series here uh, that we'll be uh, together studying over the next several weeks, and um, we've entitled the series Home Sweet Home. It is a sermon series on the family, healthy families that fear honor, and serve the Lord are needed today. Let me say that again. I'm not sure if you heard me. Healthy families that fear, honor, and serve the Lord are needed today. Husbands who lead and love their wife well and serve and honor the Lord are needed today. Dads who lead in their households and protect their families from evil and sin and destructive elements of the enemy are needed today. Wives who recognize the God-given role of their husband and their role as a wife, who recognize the parental responsibilities of both parents in the home as they teach and model Christ are needed today. Children... Youth, singles, young adults who recognize God's calling and plan on their lives and who will in obedience trust God's plan and seek to honor him in their speech, conduct and actions are needed today. Men who will be men of integrity, men of strength, men of the word of God, men of principle and purity and men who are in pursuit of holiness Who present themselves first and foremost before the Lord as his vessels are needed today. Men who will serve, protect, and lead their homes in a way that honors the Lord even when no one else is are needed today. Men who will honor the Lord as God privately and publicly. Who will put to death the sin that was once their master. Who will fight for their families and stand for the Lord on behalf of their households are needed today. That's why we're doing this series, and that's why we're gearing this series to all of us as the church, as part of the family of God, who, whether we are single, married, whether we have children or not, that we as men, women, young adults, teens, and children would pursue what God wants for our lives, and in doing so, make much of the name of Christ. We want to do what God wants what God says, and do it his way. Let me just commit our time this morning to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word, and we're thankful for the instruction, the clear instruction that your word provides for us. Lord, as we engage in this series on the family, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our eyes, open our minds. God, that we would be ready to receive your word that we would have the sensitivity to the spirit of God's working in our lives, that we would commit to you, Lord, what you are worthy of, and that's our entire lives. And in doing so, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, as we begin our series on the family, we've entitled "The First Message Foundation." work. Would you say that with me? Foundation work. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. This week and next week we're going to be in Joshua chapter 24 as we begin this series on the family and this week as we look at foundation work if you're using your Pew Bible it's page 198. Just a couple weeks ago my family had the opportunity to go together to Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina, and we spent some great time together with my parents Uh, my sisters, my sister's family, our family. uh, We got a big beach house. You throw a bunch of Italians in one house, and I'm sure all the neighbors knew all of our conversations because we are loud people. But one of the joys of vacation this year was that we had sun and high 80s every single day that we were at the beach. And so we went to the beach every day, we were by the ocean, and one of the things I enjoy doing, especially as the kids get older, is the relaxing, it used to be when they were very young, not very relaxing, because you had to constantly be going and grabbing them and pulling them back. We had one of our daughters that before she really started crawling or even walking, she would scoot herself on her butt like a, like a, like a turtle, like and just make her way into the water, and we'd have to go pick her up and bring her back over and over again, but they're all of age now where they can swim. And they could have fun and I can just sit in one of those beach chairs and just lay there, right? And just just enjoy. And and so uh, at one point during our vacation, I'm sitting right on the edge of the water. I love to sit right on the edge of the water as the waves kind of come in. And it's just enough of the water to kind of hit your feet and you feel the breeze and you can watch everybody. You're just kind of laying back and sitting there. And, And I love it. It's so relaxing, And there was a point in time, though, when I was doing that, and I might have started to just doze off a little bit as I was sitting there, and I wasn't prepared for it, that this rather large wave came in and hit me, and my chair felt like it was completely under the water, and the sand that was supporting me completely was gone, and my chair just kind of fell down under the water, and all the sand was gone, and I got up, and at first I was a little mad, like, how did I get wet at the ocean? And and I was a little bit bothered over that, and then I kind of looked, and I looked, and my chair was just almost sunken down now, sand level from where it had previously been at, just like that. You know, isn't establishing the right foundation of prime importance? When it comes to solidifying ourselves or our position, I put my chair on that sand knowing full well that as the water came in, it would wash that sand out. And then I was surprised when it happened. I think a lot of times that happens in our lives as followers of Christ. We build and build and build upon a foundation that God's word tells us will crumble and not last And then we find ourselves surprised when that's what happens. Foundation work is of prime importance as we seek to follow the Lord. And that's where we want to start today. And I believe that's what Joshua is pointing out in Joshua chapter 24. I want you to follow along with me as I read Joshua 24, verses 1 through 15 this morning is where we'll spend our time. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, And summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. And I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it, and afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And they, when they cried to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, and you took possession of their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the leaders of Jericho fought against you. And also the Amorites and the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, the two kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Foundation work. Foundation work. Joshua is going to lay out in the first 14 verses, first 13 verses, a history lesson for the people of Israel, he's going to remind them, he's going to instruct them, and he's going to bring them to a point of challenge. And here's the challenge that Joshua lays before the people in Joshua 24, choose this day whom you will serve. And church, here we are thousands of years later and the challenge before you and I today in the midst of an evil world, in the midst of an evil culture, in the midst of a culture that has rejected God, that has rejected God's word, that tramples on the name of Christ, a culture who dismisses all that is holy and good in the eyes of God and calls what is evil good and what is good evil. We sit this morning with the same challenge today, choose the This day whom you will serve. And it's an important challenge because listen to me, no matter how young or old you are today, if you take this challenge, it will impact the rest of your life. Choose this day whom you will serve. In this series, we're going to look at the role of husbands and wives and children and moms and dads. We're going to understand and look at God's instruction for the family. But before we can go anywhere... We must take this challenge seriously that Joshua gave to the nation of Israel and that stands before you and I today. Choose this day whom you will serve. It's the same challenge that we face on a daily basis, isn't it? It's the same challenge that we face day in and day out as we step out of bed in the morning and walk about our day. Who is it that we will serve today? We're just after 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I don't know what time you woke up. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 45, whatever time it was. In that block of time from then till now, who are you serving? Choose this day whom you will serve. Who have you been serving? Who will you serve tomorrow, this week? Are you committed to the exclusive service of the Lord? And it's a challenge for every one of us individually, certainly. Choose this day whom you will serve. But Joshua, in making this challenge to the people, and even in his response that we'll see shortly, not only is challenging these individuals, these leaders that were standing before him individually, but also for their household. Husbands, dads, this is a challenge not only individually, but for your home. Choose this day whom you will serve. I think we can agree this morning that our world is evil. Our culture embraces evil. Our politicians endorse evil. Our media promotes evil. Sadly, our schools introduce what is evil our families, and even in the church too often serve the interests of what is evil. And so again, foundationally, as we begin our time in this series, I ask, who is it that you and I are committed to above all others? Who or what are we first serving here? Now notice that Joshua lays out this challenge, choose this day who you will serve, but he gives his response to this challenge. Joshua gives this response to the challenge and his response and his commitment is completely unaffected by the response of the people. I love this and what Joshua says here. He says in verse 15, If it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. That's the challenge. But look at the commitment that's made. He says... But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is what I love about Joshua's response. He doesn't even give him an opportunity to respond. Joshua is a leader who has a word here from the Lord who is challenging the people. He says, you must choose this day who you will serve whether it's going to be the gods that your ancestors once served, or it's going to be the idols that they once served, it's going to be what the current environment is serving, whatever it may be. But he says, know this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And men, dads, husbands, It is far past time that independent of what culture or our neighbors or our families or anyone else thinks that we will stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord God Almighty As individuals, it is far past time, whether you are a man or a woman, whether you are an adult or child, that you will stand and say, independent of what my neighbor, my friend, my classmate, my co worker, my boss thinks, I will serve the Lord. It's far past time for the people of God to take the challenge to choose whom we will serve and to step forward and say we will serve the Lord. Our commitment to the Lord and our service to the Lord should never be dependent upon what is popular, what is convenient, or what is culturally expedient. Our commitment to the Lord must not be dictated by the masses, by the media, by our culture, by politicians, or by our own feelings or our own wants. Our commitment to the Lord must be both individually and collectively in our homes. It must be crystal clear and laser focused in the midst of an evil and destructive day that we live in. As Joshua proclaimed in the passage before us, without input, influence, or directive from anyone in the crowd. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is The commitment each one of us as individuals, each one of us as family members should and must have as we seek to make much of the name of the Lord. In the midst of a world that has embraced the evil one that Pastor Butch spoke about in our previous series. So as we begin this series with foundation work, here's the challenge. Choose this day whom you will serve. Listen to me. I'm not asking you to think about the person to your right or left today. I'm asking you to examine your own self, your own heart, your own mind. If you are a husband, a father that is here, I'm asking you to ask yourself this question and then also ask the question, is that commitment crystal clear to your wife, to your children, to those in your home? As for me, in my house, the commitment, we will serve the Lord. That's the commitment. But here's the question. How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get past just the challenge of choosing who you will serve to the commitment of as for me in my house? We will serve the Lord. I'm glad you asked that question. Because that's where we're spending the rest of our time this morning on foundation work. Two challenges for us as we pursue this all-important commitment that I want to give to you today. Two challenges. The first challenge is this. Build upon the right foundation. Would you say that with me? Build upon the right foundation. As I shared in the opening, if we are building or setting ourselves upon the wrong foundation, chances are we've seen a lot of crumbling happen. If we will commit to this challenge, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We must do so by building upon the right foundation. We want this commitment to be a lasting commitment. We want this commitment to stand the trials and difficulties that undoubtedly will come our way. Build upon the right foundation. Build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Who the word of God speaks as the chief cornerstone. Christ is must be our foundation. His word must be our priority. His service must be our focus. Uh, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8... He quotes the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ must be our chief cornerstone. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 9 to 11, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Christ is our foundation. So let me ask you. Do the people closest to you, do the people in your household, do the people in your neighborhood, do the people in your family, do the people at your places of work know that your foundation for all that you do in life and practice is the Lord Jesus Christ? Do they know that? Is it abundantly clear That regardless of where culture goes, regardless of where everyone else goes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes this commitment very clear. We will serve the Lord. The Lord is his foundation. The Lord is his rock. The Lord is the one whom he is committed to above all others, not only for him, but for his household. And he makes this abundantly clear. Now, as we think about building the right foundation and building on the right foundation. I think what Joshua does here is he gives two different reminders to these people, to the nation of Israel. First of all, he reminds them who the Lord is and secondly, he reminds them what the Lord has done. So can I challenge you today as you seek to build on the foundation for your life on the Lord, would you please as a believer in Christ, would I please as a believer in Christ day in and day out remember who the Lord is and remember what the Lord has done. If you look back at the verses, and we're not going to read all of them again, but if you look back at, yes, we are. Look back at the verse. Look at verse 1. I want, as I read this, to, to consider, think of all that is in these verses that recounts not what the people have done for the Lord, but what the Lord has done for them. Listen to this. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Now listen to me as we go, before we go any further, you're going to hear Joshua reference real, true events that are recorded in the word of God. if you've never read the Old Testament scriptures, you need to read the Old Testament scriptures. Start in Genesis and read through it, because beginning in Genesis, from the beginning, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, you are going to see the glory of God. You're going to see God on display, his attributes, his working, his handiwork, his involvement, his love, his care, his compassion, his holiness. And Joshua is going to recount to the nation of Israel these events that took place And the life of the nation of Israel. And he's going to recount these events. They would have known these stories. They would have understood exactly what he was referencing. They knew about all of these things. And we too, shame on us if we don't know these events. If you've been a believer for any amount of time and you're ignoring the word of God, you are disobedient to what God has called you to do. Listen, if you're a guest here, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you've never read the word of God, start reading the word of God. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you don't know these things, you should know these things. Aren't we guilty of knowing so much about other things that don't matter and yet, not knowing God's word. We have no excuse. Look at verse two. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, and he mentions their names. I took your father Abraham. This is his covenant with Abraham, and I let him out, he says. I gave offspring to him through Isaac. And to Isaac, verse 4, I gave Jacob and Esau. I gave Esau the hill country. Verse 5, I sent Moses and Aaron. I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it. And look what he says at the end of verse 5. I brought you out. He tells them, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of captivity. I set you free. He then goes on in verses 7 through 13 to recount the wonderful works that he did and that he accomplished and how he was there for the nation of Israel. His power is on display, his glory is on display, his faithfulness is on display. The people would listen to these things, they would hear these things, and there was only one thought that could possibly result from this there is no one like the Lord. Do we know that of our God? Remember today who it is that we're saying we should be serving. Remember who the Lord is. He is God. He's the creator of all that is. He's the one that ultimately every knee will bow to and confess. He is the Lord. Remember who he is and remember what God has done. If you're a believer today and you have not made a commitment to God, that God, I will serve you and you alone, why not? Remember what He's done. He's pulled us out of the miry clay, He's set our feet upon a rock, He's made we who were dead alive. Isn't He worthy of that? And building this foundation and building on the right foundation, remember who the Lord is and remember what the Lord has done. And Joshua just lays it out for the people. This is what God has done. Remember these things. And after laying all of this out, he then says in verse 14, now, therefore, in light of all of that, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Church, can I tell you today, it is time to build upon the right foundation of Jesus Christ. Remember what he's done. Remember who he is. Build upon that foundation. Secondly, I think the other point that needs to be made in thinking about foundation work is that we are following the right blueprints. Say that with me. Follow the right blueprints. As we're building upon the rock of Jesus Christ, as we are building and living in our households and seeking to serve the Lord, might we follow the right blueprints. Verses 14 and 15, look at what Joshua says very clearly. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. I wonder this morning, do we, as a believer in Jesus Christ, do we truly, in sincerity, fear the Lord? Do we have a holy reverence for God? Do we recognize his power, his authority? Do we recognize his word? Do we recognize the reality of what he alone is capable of doing? And what he wants to do. Fear the Lord. Obey the Lord. Serve the Lord. Say those three things with me. Fear the Lord. Obey the Lord. Serve the Lord. Let me ask you. Are those three things happening in your life today? Are they happening in my life? Am I fearing God, obeying God, serving God? Is that true in my life? I wonder how are you serving the Lord today? Do you realize, church, that service to the Lord is not optional for the believer in Jesus Christ? That really it's not truly a question of like, do you want to serve the Lord as a question of like, well, let me see how I feel about that. It's not optional for the believer. You've been given a gift by God to be used for the edification of the body of Christ. So if you're fearing the Lord and obeying the Lord, how then are you serving the Lord? Because it's not an option. Do you realize in the church today we have needs for service? Our youth ministry, Pastor Jacob, Pastor Brian, they are in need of small group leaders for our student ministry. What an opportunity to serve the Lord and impact others. In our worship ministry, Pastor Sean, our worship pastor, we need vocalists, drummers, guitar players, keyboard players. What an opportunity to serve the Lord. Our children's ministry needs teachers and helpers and nursery workers. If you're interested in serving the children's ministry, you can see our beautiful, talented, amazing, kind, sincere, lovely children's director, Shoshana Rosa. How are you serving? Because it's not optional. If we fear the Lord and we're obeying the Lord, we should be serving the Lord. Following the right blueprints, also give attention to and priority to the Word of God. Are you individually, dads, husbands, are you for your family, giving attention to and prioritizing the Word of God? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, write those verses down, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9, and look at what God's expectation was for the teaching of His Word in the midst of families. If you and your house will commit to serving the Lord, you must build upon the right foundation and you must follow the right blueprints, fearing the Lord, obeying the Lord, serving the Lord, giving attention to and priority to the Lord as we give attention and priority to the word of God. God's word should serve as our standard and our guide. This is foundational, foundational. The challenge that Joshua lays out in Joshua chapter 24 is that the people would choose this day whom they will serve. It's a challenge for you today. It's a challenge for me today as a follower of Christ. Choose this day whom you will serve. The commitment, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wonder, are you ready for that? Are you ready for that kind of commitment? Individually and collectively in your home, will you serve the Lord?